This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're going to be talking about giving money away. I think this is a great topic, especially around this time of year. People are um, charitable-minded around the holidays, but a lot of people are also doing end-of-year strategic tax planning. And the whole idea of giving money away, doing charitable contributions, things like that, is really top of mind more the last month or two of the year than in any other time during the year. So we're going to talk about that today. With me, I have Kelsey Banky, Certified Financial Planner at Stirk Financial. Hi, Mary. Let's talk about sharing the wealth. There you go. I love it. All right. So we're going to tackle a number of different things here, and I'm going to dive into the first one, and that is direct gifts that people give to charity. Okay. So if you're just going to give money or something to charity, then first of all, that's awesome and great job for doing that. But second of all, there's likely to be a positive financial impact when you actually give the money away. So um, usually when you give money away, if you, the, first of all, the timing has to be in the calendar year. So it's not that you can say you're going to give it today and not give it away till March and get a deduction this year on your taxes. It's generally speaking something that you have to be actually parting ways with before the end of the tax year. Okay. And the other thing that sometimes people don't really realize is that there are limits to this. So um, if you are one of the listeners who's making quite a bit of money, you might want to talk to your tax preparer or your financial planner before the end of the year to see if you're going to be what's called phased out. Okay. What a phase out means is that when your income hits a certain level, then the amount that you can deduct to a charity starts to get cut down a little bit. So if you're single, it's around $260,000 a year before you hit the phase outs. And if you're married, it's around $300,000 a year. Okay. Up to that, generally speaking, you can deduct up to about 50% of your adjusted gross income. And, um, but if it's certain types of charities, it's really only 30%. And not everybody knows that there's a distinction between the two. So the 50% limit applies to public charities, private operating foundations, and certain private foundations that distribute the contributions they receive to public charities. Okay? That's like a mouthful. So maybe we'll apply the 30% rule instead. (laughs) Everybody else generally falls in the 50% rule. So you can give away up to 30% of your adjusted gross income if it's a private foundation that is not giving away most of the contributions they receive to public charities or private operating foundations within two and a half months following the time that they got them. So the bottom line is this. First of all, I'm not a CPA and I'm not doing people's taxes, but we spend a lot of time doing strategic planning with people. Giving away money is great, but the wealthier you are, the less impact that it has on your taxes. There are tricks that your um, CPA can do in order to create the biggest deductions for you by applying them in the right way, but it's important to know that it's not always a dollar-for-dollar deduction, okay? This is a good problem to have, though. 
If you're not getting the deduction because you have a phase out of it, it's because you're making a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good problem to have. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. So, Kelsey, talk to us about gifts. Let's just say you wanted to give a gift before the end of the year of some cash to someone. How does that work? Um, Each person has the ability to gift up to uh, $14,000 to any other person that they want and as many people as they want. So if you have, um, you know, quite a bit of wealth and you want to give some money down to your, let's say, grandson and help them with their first car or something like that, this is a great um, piece of the tax code to take advantage of to be able to gift that money down and not have to pay then um, the gift tax on it. Um, that also has to take place in the calendar year. So always keep that in mind. Um, we're looking at the calendar year time frame for those uh, gifts to apply. So here's the thing that people don't always realize, though, is that if you're married, you can both give a gift to a child or to anyone, really. So, you know, if I was married, I could give $14,000 to Kelsey, and so could my spouse. So Kelsey could actually receive $28,000 from us. Her eyes are getting really big right now, thinking, ooh, fun, a $14,000 gift for Mary. (laughs) I would not turn it down. (laughs) She's wishing I was married right now for the other half of that gift. (laughs) So it's kind of funny, but the, the thing about it is, like, a lot of people will want to get larger amounts of money down to kids or grandkids, and they don't realize that they have that double gifting ability with their spouse to actually move $28,000 to someone if they need it. Well, and, and it does, it's not just one other person. So if you have a child who's married and with two kids, technically you can give 28000 to each of those four people mm-hmm. and really start moving a large sum of money each year if that's part of your strategy. Right, exactly. So we've been talking about gifts that people are giving, like actually giving away cold, hard cash and gifts to charity, gifts to people. So, um, Kelsey, tell us a little bit about like one of the things that you're involved with that is a way that people can give gifts and benefit communities, benefit local people, things like that. Oh, Mary, I'm so happy to be able to talk about this today. Uh, My husband and I are involved with a project called Christmas in the Sioux. And uh, we were fortunate enough that when we moved to Sioux City, we were able to get involved in the local music scene. We met at a concert. Music's been a very big part of our lives. And when we moved to the area, we uh, quickly tried to find some local music roots to be a part of. So Mm -hmm. being part of that, we we got... um, brought into a project three years ago called Christmas in the Sioux, and we've now taken it over in the third year. And this is a local um, Siouxland area-based musicians that uh, put together their uh, Christmas songs, and it's on a compilation CD. So this year's CD is Christmas in the Sioux 3. <laughs> it has 10, music, uh, 10 different uh, tracks on it. All local musicians performing on it. Um, a lot of the the well, all the vocalists have donated their time. All the mixing and the recording was donated by uh, my husband, who's a, a recording engineer here in town. And I just love this project. Like I, I could talk about it all day because not only do we have, you know, are we are we fortunate enough that you can donate your treasure. But time and talent is a big part of the picture too, in my sure. opinion. And this is a great way for. You know, I, I, I love taking people's talents and leveraging them for good. So all of these great musicians, fantastic talents have donated their time and it's going to benefit three different charities this year. So this year, the beneficiaries of the CD proceeds and any other proceeds we bring in on this is um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Sealand, 
um, Casa for Siouxland and Toys for Tots. Now, I am happy to announce this year we were able to uh, get all of our donors a 501c3 uh, contribution um, deduction on their taxes. So um, through our partnership with Big Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Siouxland, um, this this is going to be a great opportunity for people to donate to um, the project, donate to the cause, and uh, get a tax deduction on it. <clears throat> so what I love about this, first of all, is that a small localized group of people have created something with their time and talent that is benefiting multiple charities. Number one, I think that's awesome. So kudos to you, Kelsey, for being Thanks, involved Mary. in that. <laughs> um, but what I also love about it is that they were smart enough to go out and get this designation called a 501c3. And that means that they are considered a nonprofit group. And then that means that anybody who's donating to this group actually is eligible for writing it off on their taxes if their tax preparer agrees with this from their own tax standpoint, I mean, I, I can't say that everybody that donates gets a deduction because it depends on their tax situation, but being a 501c3 gives the allowability for that to happen. So, you know, when you're looking for charitable gifts to give before the end of the year, that's a question that people need to be asking is, is this a qualified 501c3? And if it is, then you have the ability to potentially write that off on your taxes. If it's not, I think it's pretty dicey to try to do that because it's not really a full-blown IRS-approved charitable organization. Absolutely. So I just want to mention that we have a retirement seminar coming up on January the 12th. It's called Retirement Readiness. And um, we're going to be doing a deep dig into all things uh, retirement, obviously, on there. But one of the things that we'll talk about is how to incorporate charitable planning into your retirement, if that's a desire that you have. So go out to sterkfinancialservices.com and uh, register for that. And we'll see you there. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about giving money away. Uh, we talked about giving gifts directly to charities, and we talked about giving cash directly to people, and now we're going to talk about donations of your stuff. Like, a lot of people use the end of the year as an opportunity to go through the things that they have and make donations of their possessions, and I think that's fantastic. It is, Mary. Uh, you know, I, I love this because I have a little boy who's quickly outgrowing his clothes. <laughs> and, you know, garage sale type thing isn't really isn't really something that I feel like doing. And I feel like uh, my clothes for my son are kind of getting a second life and serving a, big, a bigger purpose by donating them to a, a local organization that accepts donations. And a nice little bonus is, you know, depending on where you donate it, you can get tax receipts and then deduct the uh, fair market value of your uh, gift to uh, off your taxes. So when you're talking, I mean, one little boy, first grandchild in a long time on my, my husband's side. We got a lot of clothes, <laughs> a lot of toys, a lot of clothes that we are uh, slowly over time getting out of our house. And I, I love giving them to people that may, maybe need them more than uh, I need the garage sale cash. So Yeah, and I think that's great. There's also a growing trend towards something called minimalism, where people are looking around at this kind of overgrowth of stuff they have and saying, okay, enough is enough. When you start to get too much stuff, sometimes you feel like your stuff is running you instead of you running your stuff. So um, let's talk about this. So first of all, there's a better way to 
handle donations of your stuff than most people realize. So one of the great things is that Goodwill has created a value guide. And the value guide actually is pretty specific about what the value of your stuff is likely to be worth. So if you'd like to go out to sterkfinancialservices.com and request a link to the value guide, then please do. We'd be happy to email you a link to that. Um, And What it does is it gives you like a pair of pants. If you're going to donate a pair of pants, that's a child's pair of pants. It'll give you a suggested value for if they're in great condition, good condition, or poor condition. Okay. And um, what most people do is they throw all their stuff in a bag and then they just take it to the Goodwill. And then the Goodwill gives them a receipt that says you gave us six bags of stuff. Okay, that's the typical way people do it. But if you're smart about what you're donating, then you'll actually go the extra step and do it this way. If you lay out all the things that you're going to give before you stuff them in a bag, take a picture and then have a running guide of how much stuff you're giving away. So have three columns on your sheet. They're in great condition. They're in good condition. They're in fair condition. And just keep marking off how many pairs of pants you're giving, how many shirts you're giving, how many sweaters you're giving, how many shoes you're giving, things like that. Um, And then you just keep track of all of that stuff throughout the entire year of how much you've given away. You've got it set out so you're tracking it, and you want to take a picture of it all laid out before you stuff it in the bag and take it to the Goodwill. Okay, so you I mean, because there is legitimately a big difference between somebody donating high end clothing that might have cost several hundred dollars a garment to maybe children's clothing that costs four ninety nine a garment. And but the Goodwill says, if you gave me six bags of stuff, we're going to give you something that says you gave me six bags of stuff. (laughs) There's no value associated with it. So whether it's a Goodwill, whether locally it's like your junior league shop or your, um, you know, whatever local charity it is that you want to give money to or give donations to, I should say, the best process is lay it out, take a picture, record the items themselves, and at the end of the year you can calculate in however many bags you gave, this is the actual real value of that stuff. Um, that is an IRS accepted way. And generally speaking, I find that most people get a much bigger tax deduction if they do it that way than just say, I donated this many bags. Oh, definitely, Mary. Just, just keeping track of that can greatly amplify your tax deduction on those type of goods. And I do want to also just point out that you'd be surprised how many local organizations accept items. So if you have a cause that's really special to you, if it's, you know, helping um, people that are suffering from domestic abuse at home and have went to a shelter or people coming out of treatment facilities or um, maybe young mothers who Mm -hmm. don't really know where they're going to go next, there are organizations all over town that will take donations of just about anything in your house. And you should see if you can get this kind of treatment for those donations. So if you, if you don't want to just always take it to the same place all the time and you want to try to help something that's a little more um, special to you, then seek out those organizations, see what they need and see if you can get that same treatment. Yeah. And I think that whatever community anybody lives in as they're listening, that probably is true, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, I firmly believe in giving money away to the things that resonate the most within your own heart. Um, 
Okay, so speaking of that, um, I'm going to talk about giving money away as part of your estate planning. Um, That's not necessarily something that is done before the end of this year, but it's something to think about when we're on this topic of giving money away. So we just talked about how connecting what is near and dear to your heart with your charitable giving is a great idea. And I want to share that I, um, for the last several years until recently, was the um, foundation board president for Western Iowa Tech, which is a local junior college here in town. And um, I decided to accept that position as the board president because I have a huge passion for helping people move forward with their lives. And I truly believe that education is a big piece of being able to do so. So it's a passion of mine is to to help create ways that more people have access to education so that they can further their lives. One of the things that we did when I was um, involved with that was we created a campaign that was called 5% for Education. Now, I'm not using this as a soapbox for that particular um cause. But what I am saying is that the 5% for education campaign was actually a really smart way to utilize charitable giving in um, estate planning. And here's why. What 5% for education campaign meant was that we were asking people to include this particular local college as a 5% beneficiary on any of their life insurance policies or their retirement accounts. Okay. So the beauty of this is Nobody's asking you to give any money to them now. (laughs) They were asking for this money to be included as a gift when you passed away. And it doesn't hurt to give when you're dead. (laughs) It's not quite so painful. And so it was a really good way to get people thinking about that. Now, most people have life insurance um, for their family or their retirement accounts they want to leave for their family or their spouses or things like that. So asking for the whole thing doesn't make a lot of sense. But asking for 5% of it does make sense. And if you think about the fact that you maybe you have a $100,000 life insurance policy, 5% is $5,000. That is something that is very impactful for any charitable organization to receive. If you have a million-dollar policy, now 5% is $50,000, and we're talking about real change that can be created as a result of that. Yeah, I I mean, I love this idea when I heard about it. I think that's so great. And something I've heard in the past is, well, I don't have enough money to really impact an organization, so I, I don't know who I'd leave money to because I don't feel like I can make a difference. And I, I hope everyone out there listening realizes that charitable organizations, nonprofit organizations can use every dollar you send their way, whether right. it's $5 or $500,000, it will make some kind of impact and some kind of benefit. So if there's charities out there, or there's um, causes that you find that you feel like you want to help support, even if it's on a, what you think is a small scale, it will not go unnoticed. So feel free to, to change things up where you think it, it, it would work for you because they will definitely benefit from that. Right. And this is so easy to do. It's just simply filling out a form where you add the charity that resonates with you as the beneficiary at the account level. So you have them listed as a beneficiary in the life insurance policy, or you have a beneficiary on your retirement account. That eliminates the cost where it might be more expensive to change your will or something like that to just change a beneficiary form that's completely free. Um, And also, um, so Some of you may have heard the term planned giving. 
that's what this is. Planned giving just means that you're giving later, that you're planning to give it later, like when you pass away, versus give it to something now. So it's a great way to do that. Now, on the topic of estate planning, um, right now, um, the estate tax limits are $5,450,000 per person. Okay, so if you have a personal estate of above $5 million or between you and your spouse, you're above double that, so close to $11 million, then including charitable giving as part of your estate plan can be incredibly effective. There are a lot of different ways you can set up charitable trusts or you can just include charities in your estate planning. I can tell you that there are better assets to leave to charities and better assets that you can leave to your family from a tax purpose standpoint. So this is something to talk to your financial team about to make sure that you have things pointed in the right direction if you want to use charitable giving as part of your strategy. Yes. You know, $100,000 in an IRA is not the same thing as $100,000 in your just non-qualified investment account. So talking to your team, that, that's just one example. There's a lot of different strategies in there. Um, but talking to your team about how you can best set up both charities and your your loved ones is definitely worth your time. Absolutely. So come on out to our website at com. Ask us for the link for uh, the... Goodwill value guide. I think that will be a really good way for you to keep better track and increase the donation um, deduction that you get for the stuff you donate. And throughout this holiday season, just consider giving some of that money away and all of the wonderful impact and good that it will do. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.